Thanks to Greg Buck for being our reader today. Our story is a different kind of birth story. What's your birth story? What do you remember about what you heard from your parents or others about the day that you were born or the time leading up to it or the time after it? What are the details that have become a part of the stories that you have heard throughout the years? For me, it was that my mom had to travel 30 miles in the middle of a snowstorm to get to the hospital only to find out that she wasn't actually quite in labor. And so they put her in a room while she was waiting that had no TV and decided to keep her at the hospital because there was a snowstorm outside and it wasn't until Thursday evening, two days later, that I decided it was time to be born. And then the way that I came into the world was as a 10 pound, two and a half ounce baby with this scrunched up red face and spiky black hair and a lot of it too. That's my birth story. In addition to our own, there are the stories of the people that we love and are close to, the stories of the people that, that we know and, and are so thankful have been born into this world. And each of those birth stories are different. They all have their own unique details and circumstances, things that maybe create a little anxiety or fear, things that created so much joy or, or something to laugh about after the fact. With our son James, his birth story is entwined with the life of a dear member who used to be a custodian at this church, Svera Thorsen, a good Norwegian who even after he retired would often stop in just to chat and catch up with staff over a good cup of coffee. John and I had been by his bedside often in the weeks before he passed away. And even as he was preparing for the next life, he also made sure to add a blessing to the new life that was about to begin within me. And I was a little sad to think about having to miss the funeral service for Sfera because I knew the doctor wanted to induce me because he was already past his due date. And so when that day came and I literally went on medication and stood or sat on a, a ball for my every waking minute and still no baby. So then finally Friday evening, my doctor said, this is crazy. You're fine. The baby's fine. Why don't you just go home? And if anything happens, come back. If nothing happens, come back Sunday evening. Well, Sparrow's funeral service was Sunday afternoon. And so it allowed me to be a part of the service to be able to remember and give thanks for his life story. And after a little cup of coffee and a cookie, headed home and then headed to the hospital Sunday evening. When lo and behold, turns out the little baby James was finally ready to be born the next day.
it's almost as if James knew and wanted to be a part of that service for Sphera that day. It's almost as if he knew that his birth story and his life story would be connected to the stories of people who had come before him and even people who will come after him. In our gospel for today, we hear of John's version of Jesus' birth. And it's so very different from the one that we hear in Matthew's gospel, which is all about placing Jesus in this family line, going all the way back to the great King David, the King of Israel, the one leader who people longed for to have as as, as the person who would guide them and lead them and protect them once again. John's story is so very different from that of Luke, who sets Jesus' birth in the context of the history of that time. And the great savior or the self-acclaimed great savior was that of the emperor of the Roman Empire. While each of these accounts are different with the details that they lift up for us, what we hear from John takes an entirely different direction. Instead of the fragile baby that's born in a manger to a couple of no stature, Jesus is a part of the creation of the world. At the very beginning, Jesus is reason and life-creating energy. Jesus is wisdom personified. And Jesus is now human, dwelling in the flesh among us. There's no mention of shepherds or wise men in John's account. There's no mention of angels proclaiming the good news. There is only this poetic a somewhat confusing remnant of an early Christian hymn. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The words sort of flow out of your mouth, and like ordinary words put to music, they become easier for us to remember, to have dwell within us, to be a part of us. But what exactly do they mean? And most importantly, what are we to do with them? Especially even if we don't fully understand what they mean. Well, first of all, they take us back to the very beginning and put Jesus with God, the creator, at the very beginning of the world. They describe this Jesus not weak and lowly in this poor manger. Instead, they place Jesus with great power, with great ability to be able to understand and help to come into, bring into being everything that is. They put Jesus at the very beginning of when it all began. And they put Jesus with this power that we can only imagine. Next, we come to the Word, 
capital W-O-R-D. Not just a term to, you, to use to describe a part of our, our English language, but here it is a word that in the Greek is the word logos, which only appears two times in the Bible, once here and then uh, the second time in verse 14 in this passage. But what does it mean? Well, it is a word that has 60 pages devoted to it in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. It's a word that even the biblical scholars can't even fully understand or comprehend or begin to describe. It is all of those things. It is wisdom. It is reason. It is the ability to bring life and goodness into being. It is who Jesus is. It is how our birth stories have come to be. What would your birth story look like if you could write it yourself? How would you take the details of all of the the things that you have heard over the years, but add to it. Add to it the adjectives that you would use to describe who you know you are as a child of God. How would you describe the gifts that you have been given? How would you describe the gift that you are to this world and to the people around you? How would you describe this moment in time, right here and now in your life. The purpose, the purpose is that you have before you. The birth story that we hear in John's Gospel is a different kind of birth story. It's one that frames the life of Jesus in a slightly different way than what of than the ones that Matthew and Luke portray. It sets Jesus in a different light, in a way that puts him in a power, not for harm or ill, but a power for good, a power for creating life, for bringing goodness and love and light into our world. What would your birth story look like if you would be able to write it yourself? Think about what that would look like. Write it down and then use that this year as your guide each and every day for what it is and how you can best spend your energy, how you can use your time to be the gift that you are and to share the gifts that you have been given. Whatever this year brings, may you shine bright, the light of Christ that is within you, and may you always trust that your birth story is just one, a part of the birth stories of those who have come before us and those who will follow us, and most of all, the one whose birth we celebrate and proclaim. Jesus. Amen.